Episode 55, The Rant. Damian Reed, image capturer, photographer, and witnessing some of the greatest sporting events in New York City. A picture is worth a thousand words, and Damian has taken thousands of them. In this pod, he describes his love of photography, his love of sports, and how he combined the two to make a passionate living. All that and more, my conversation with Damian, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah. Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter knee tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neatucks.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's referee rant, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, with a special guest, professional photographer, Instagram handle NYC Sports Archive, Damien. How are you, my friend? Very good, very good. Um, So, I don't know if he remembers, but I I met him at Federations, um, the New York State Federation tournament that was held in late March. Um, I remember (laughs) he was taking pictures and it was probably one of the most nerve-wracking points of my life because um, it was a big moment for me in terms of being an official, but there was also like nine people in the stands. So it was just a, like a real awkward thing, but yeah. he was taking pictures for the whole tournament. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So I just wanted to know, what was your relationship with sports growing up? Um, what did you play? And did you play in high school? Did you play in middle school? Did you play in college? All right, when I was a little boy, I grew up in, grew up in Jamaica. We used to play soccer on the streets. Soccer, we used to run track, all that. Team America. I, used to, I never used to watch sports on TV, but I used to play with my friends on the street, you know, baseball, basketball. Junior high school, I didn't really do much sports. Just, you know, watch wrestling, which as I found later was not, you know, not a real sport. Mm-hmm. The WWF wrestling, not the regular wrestling. But high school, I played soccer. Mm. I, I managed basketball and played some tennis and ran some track too. Mm. Um, how did you even get into photography? I've always loved photography. My mother and my father were always watching National Geographic. They always had the magazines. I used to love looking at, you know, the way the photographers captured the images, the way they used shadow, light, contrast, their angles, all that stuff. So I'm like, man, I, want, I would love to do this. Mm. You know, I've always loved to document things. I was always a historian. Yeah. What was your first experience uh, taking pictures? What kind of camera did you have in the... Do you remember if there was like a certain place that you would just kind of take pictures in the background? Well, I used to sneak photos with my mother. I don't know if you remember the, what a 110 camera is. Mm-hmm. 
I said, like, when she, when she got her back turned, I just grabbed the camera and took a quick photo and just put it away. But from then on, I just used to love photography. Mm. So how did you uh, start doing it professionally? How did you start taking it serious, serious? Um, what led up to it was I took a class when I was at my last year at Brooklyn College, which was the fall of 2001. I took a um, basic photography class. You know, I had a great professor, Professor Doug Schwab. Still there. I enjoyed it, you know. So after I graduated, I just still just kept taking photos on the streets. I was a street photographer, capturing all, all the stuff that was going on in New York City, mostly lower Manhattan, lower east side, the village, the east village, the west village. Then from there, you know, a colleague of mine that I used to work with at Brooklyn College, his uncle started uh, a Caribbean magazine called Where It's At Magazine. And mm. from there, I started covering a lot of our reggae concerts, um, you know. When you're in your 20s, you have a lot of energy. So I'll be up going to the clubs, waiting. They say, oh, the artist will be here at 11 o'clock. They don't get there until 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll be there. And, and, and mind you, I'm still shooting film. Mm. So I'm shooting film, leaving, getting home at 6 in the morning, waking up you know, about six hours later to get to the film development shop, get the, get the film developed, run back to Queens and give them the photos for the, for the print. For the print. So from then, I started doing more, it became, it became more consistent. Then I ran into another gentleman, he was working for a local politician, and he ran a newspaper. So he asked me one night, this was just gonna be around March of 2004, he goes, hey, Damien, would you like to cover the Yankees? And the previous year, I was trying to get into the Yankee team, I couldn't get in, and a year later, someone's asking me, oh, if I wanna cover the Yankees, and I took it up. Hmm. And what do you think that was a testament to? Do you think it was just kind of like putting your head down and just not really worrying about where you were and just more specifically worried about um, just the quality of your work and just putting your head down and working? Well, one of the most important things is God. You know, you got to put, put it out in the universe, you know, and just be patient. And then, yeah, as you said, the first thing, quality, being out there, photographing, and people seeing you all the time. And it's like a, even since, since you're talking about photography, film, when you do them film, you take a photo on the negative, it's a latent image, so you gotta develop it, and that negative and that image will eventually come in. The same thing when you when you print, you know, you put, you print on the paper, you don't see anything until you put it in the chemistry. Over time, it'll start to develop. So that's what happened in my career. Mm. And so once you got the opportunity with the Yankees, and we you mentioned before well, well, that well, I, I, I didn't shoot for the Yankees. I I, I photographed the Yankees as, right. a, as a member of the media. Right. So, but what I'm saying is that when you got that opportunity the things that you were doing were vastly different from, from what that was in terms of um, now for doing photography for um, covering the Yankees. Um, was that a violent change from the things that you were already taking uh, pictures for? And did it, I guess, invigorate an interest in baseball at that time? Well, at that time, I was always a, I was a Yankee fan anyway, so just being there is like, wow, I'm, I'm here. Mm. You know, I'm here. I'm, my first day, I, I, I got lost. I, got it, I went in. This is the old stadium before they demolished it. I went in, you know, I went to the media um, credential center, got my credential, walked through the tunnel, and I know where I was, and a photographer, his name was uh, Ron Antonelli, he doesn't photograph for the Daily News anymore, but he was like, you lost? He's like, yeah. Like, you looking for the field? Like, yeah. So he guided me to the field, I'm like, wow. Got to the field, I'm like, oh, wow, there's Jason Giambi, there's Derek Jeter, you know, there's so-and-so, I'm like, wow, I'm here. Well, yeah, it was a big move from doing, you know, covering reggae artists to just do sports. But then again, it's two different genres. Right. It's still a professional thing. Mm -hmm. Now, 
after you had that opportunity with the Yankees, how did you segue that to other sports? Oh, you know, um, within the same paper, 2005, the, um, the PSL had the game in the garden. It was Lincoln and uh, JFK. And I think the first game was Mary Bertram, girls basketball, and Francis Lewis. And I'm, and I'm here, man. I'm in the garden and photographing. And then from there, you, you meet a lot of other people in that other league. As I said, I went from covering the professionals, then covering the high schools. Like, so I started making my connections there, working for the, another paper called uh, NYC Sport News, as it was called back then, you know. And here, here I am. Mm. And how did that environment change in terms of, um, I guess, the atmosphere? How different was that from covering a Yankee game? Was it a lot different? Yeah, well, you know, when you're, when you're covering any professional sporting event, you're given a, a certain position. With the Yankees, they had uh, different field spots. I was at first base, out of first. I used to start, when I first started, I was at out of third, which is way out in left field. I mean, it has advantages and it has disadvantages, but the two main spots were inner first, which is mostly the wire services and, and the local dailies, and then there's inner third, which is the same thing, but the other people can go there. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it 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 was a it was very much different than from high school. I said high school, you can walk around, you're free to go anywhere. Well, you, obviously, you can't go on the court during during you know play. Right. But it's just, as I said, I, I feel that the high school kids, they play hard because they're trying to get that scholarship. They're trying to make it to, to, the, to the much higher level. The pros, they're already there. Some right. of them, they're veterans already. Like, I'm already rich. They're kind of desensitized to people taking pictures of them. Yeah, they're, mm. they're used to that. They're like, uh, I just want to get to the game. You know, let's say a good example, Derek Jeter. Class act, great person. He'll acknowledge you, say hello, but he's about his business, you know. Get to the get, you know, like from what I had, the fans didn't have is I'm there on the field with them or I'm inside the tunnel with them. So you see how they, you, you don't get that total access, but you're seeing them before they put on their uniform. They're there working out. They get there long before all the fans get there just to get the warm-ups. See, that's what the fans already see. Mm. Yeah. So we, we mentioned some, some PSAL sports and, and you also mentioned that you um, did pictures for the Yankees. What other sports? Um, have you had the pleasure to take pictures of, and what would you say are your, your top two, top three mm. favorite sports to, uh, to cover and take pictures of? Well, I covered the NHL. That was, I, 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 as a kid growing up, actually, I was like one of the only kids in my high school to, to really watch hockey. I, I, I love the, the, the contact because it's kind of similar to soccer. Mm. It's physical, a lot of running and all that stuff. So my first uh, hockey game was, was it uh, the Devils and um, the Rangers. And I, I forgot where I was in the garden. I was shooting through the hole, and I happened to, to capture a Yama Yager goal against Martin Brodeur. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, Pittsburgh versus New Jersey? Or was when he was on the Rangers? When he was on the Rangers. Mm. It might have been like an early preseason game, but still, the atmosphere was there. It's yeah. Rangers-Devils, mm-hmm. you know? And what other sports do you find that are your favorite to shoot? Um, soccer. I was able to do... Um, Oh, I forgot what year it was. It must have been either 07, 08, or 09, when Argentina was the number one team in the world. They were playing in the United States at the old Meadowlands Arena. It was a 0 0 tie, but mm. it was just the atmosphere. So loud, crowd was loud, you know, the hostility towards the Argentine players. It was great. Right. And, and I know that you're, you're more of a fo- photojournalist, but um, just describe over the years what has your relationship been with players, what's your relationship been with coaches, and what has your relationship been with um, officials? Well, with players, I usually 
not, I don't really talk to them as much. Some of them will come up to me, but usually I would not initiate the conversation. With coaches, it's the same thing, because, you know, if it's a playoff game, you, you don't want to get in their way. They're, they're setting up their books for their players. You know, you, you don't want to disturb any of that. Or if it's a very key game for the division or whatever. The same with, with officials. Officials are more nice. You know, they're in the they're like just like me. We have nothing to gain from, from this game. Me, I'm just, just a documentarian. Mm. The officials just they, they officiate the game and they keep keep the peace. You know, so, you know, as with basketball, I'm on the sidelines. You know, we'll talk at a timeout. You know, they're, you guys are human beings. You know, but besides that, yeah, I, I have more of a, a good thing going with the officials because over the time we, we get to know each other and we know how to say, stay out of each other's way. Right. Yeah. And we're similar to you because we're observing yeah. the game from the outside yeah. and we're the ones that are getting the brunt of the problems and you're yeah. just documenting it all, which is really cool. Yeah, like you guys, you're more like, okay, I got to watch this player here because I just saw him throw a punch. You thought I didn't see him throwing a punch, but I got to watch him. Right. You know, the coach, you know, is getting on me, so I got to really watch that. But at the end of the day, I got to keep it a fair and balanced game. Mm. And, and sometimes I thought it was unfair for, you see, I, I used to say, oh, look at like 50,000 refs in the stands. You know, they're getting on the referee, but you're not there, they're not there on the court. They don't right. see the nuance. They don't see the little things that go on. So having said that, do you think you'd be a good official after you watch uh, what's going on? No, I, I, I'll <laughs> stick to the sidelines of the photographer. Mm. Okay, and you also mentioned that you uh, spent a lot of time right before that you were covering sports, that you were uh, doing a lot of things in Manhattan. Having said that, what else do you shoot outside of sports currently? I photograph a lot of models, you know, wherever. You know, I walk on the streets, I'll see them, I'll photograph them. Mostly, you see a lot of them in Seoul. I'll do portfolios and stuff like that. But my main love, actually, is street photography. Because mm. the, the scenery in New York City changes all the time. You can go to Soho, you see something happening, and then you go uptown, something big happening. Completely different, too. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned before that in your last year of Brooklyn College, uh, Professor Schwab, who's still there, he was one of your mentors that got you into uh, an interest in photography. Yeah. Do you have any other mentors? Describe who they are, what they've done for your career, and how do you think they have shaped the way you treat people after you that are trying to get into the, to the game of photography? One guy, actually, I, I gotta say one thing, the Daily News, they're photographer, sports staff. Very great people, great people. One of the main, two people I would, I would like to talk about is, the first one is Linda Catafo. Hopefully I'm not butchering her name. She was a phenomenal photographer. I think she's been there since like the mid 70s, but she left the Daily News around either 2005 to 2006. But another guy that, who really helped me, his name was Howard Simmons, you know. I, felt, I don't know if he's still there because last year the Daily News cut off all their photographers, got rid of all their staff. So I don't know where he is now, but he was a tough, tough guy. But he would tell you what you're doing wrong. He'll show you the little, I said again, the nuances about things. And I learned a lot from him and he was very strict. Mm. But I don't know where he is now. So, and, and you showed me off air that you still use film and you still develop it. Um, yeah. How do you think things have changed now that everything's more digital and the world is a lot faster and, and now you have Instagram where um, land, portrait is, is more, more famed than landscape. How do you think your business has changed? Um, well, to say it's not so much portraits. In the old days, in the newspaper, they wanted portraits. Mm -hmm. So you get like a full, let's say it's two pages, you get a full page, let's say, you know, so a, a, a great touchdown pass or someone getting a, a slap, like hence the John Sox dunk on, you know, Michael Jordan. Right. They'll put it on one side or in the front, you know, that's a tabloid, you know, 
John Starks dunking on uh, Michael Jordan, and they'll give you the story on, on the other page. And then they lost after that. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been so long. But um, compared to now, everything is, since it's HD, the, the, uh, the dimension now is portrait. They want a, a more uh, wider shot. But coming from back in the days, I was always a film guy. To me, uh, I still enjoy film, but everything now is digital. Everything is so fast, and a lot of these kids now, they don't quite understand, because everything to them is instantaneous. Mm. Back, I said, back when I started, I was shooting film in 04. Yeah, 04, you know, you had to, um, after you shot the film, you had to take the film out and put a new film in, bring it to, to, to the developer, get it developed, and eventually go, go to a scanner and scan the film in to get it to your editor to, to get it to be printed. Now, the thing that changed the game is Instagram. Oh, your cell phone. Everything is instantaneous. What method do you prefer? Do you prefer the archaic way or do you prefer the way it's going now? Well, when I, when I do um, my work, my real work, I like to shoot in film. But when I do the, my um, stuff with the PSL or whoever, for convenience, it's digital. So how did you even get involved um, in being one of the go-to guys of covering the PSAL and the Catholic League in the city? Well, it's one of PSAL. There was a photographer, I think it was Richie Maldonado. He left in 02, he retired, he was a sanitation worker, but he was also a PSAL photographer. I took over from him from that, and that's how I, I became to this day the PSAL photographer. But with the Catholic, is going back to the days of me being in the media, is that I covered both Catholic and PSAL, and once in a while, you know, the independent schools, but more of those two leagues. But I don't really shoot the, the, the Catholic schools of, for their league at all, just mm. for Okay. Um, having said everything that you have said, uh, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a photographer? Just like with anything in, in life, you gotta start at square one. You can't just jump over the person in front of you. You know, there's something called a pecking order. You know, there's people that's been in the business for such a long, like a good example is Marv Albert, that man's been in, you know, in announcing for like the 50 years. Probably almost close to 60 now. Yeah, it, it would be a shame if some, let's say, example, you got a new young, a young guy coming out thinking he's a hot shot and you, you want to over Marv Albert. No, people look down on you like, no, that's not right. Right. You know, these days it's like, since everyone's about getting the, the news out there faster without verifying it, it's all about, oh, let's take whatever we can get. Even if it's low quality and put it out there, we just apologize for it later. Mm. Yeah. Um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go? With anything else, as I said, it's all about hard work. You've got to put, you put the uh, feet to the ground. You can't just, yeah, you'll get away with it for, for but so long, but eventually when you get to the higher up, they're going to say, hey, hey how did you get here? Think about, you know, I hate to say it, that college scandal, how these kids, they, they thought they were so much better. Right. But eventually they were found out that their parents were paying people money, mm -hmm. you know, like a good example, I forgot whose daughter that was on the rowing team. The, the rowers that earned their spot throughout them, they saw since they were little kids, they earned their spot into a college level, and they're going to say, hey, this person's on a rower. Or another good example is that, that lady that cheated in the early 80s in the Boston Marathon. Mm, I you remember know, that. Right? People are going to say, she, we never saw her. Where did she come from? How did, how did she beat us? These are world class runners that put in most of their lives into, into that sport. Mm. So just like with anything else, that's what you need to do. You gotta put in the work. Mm. Anything, not just photography, anything. Even even you're it, you're it. Yeah, for sure. I, I gotta keep going. That's why I'm recording in Brooklyn with you. <laughs> yeah.
Um, describe the most stickiest situation you've ever been in with taking pictures with respect to covering any sports. Oh, for sports? Well, I, I usually keep my, my I don't really get into any kind of thing in sports. I usually keep to the back. I don't bother anyone. I just do my thing and that's it. But I did get on the streets. I've gotten to me and stick Let's hear one. I was going home one night, not far from here, on, on Ocean Avenue. It must have been 11.30 at night. And I forgot where I was coming from. But I was going to the atrium to go home. And I'm hearing these shots run out. This is on Ocean Avenue and Atlantic Avenue. I'm hearing shots run out. And I almost got shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. But <laughs> the funny thing is the guy that they were shooting at got shot in the, you know, the, the rear end. But, yeah, I, I could have gotten killed at night. Well, I'm happy you, you didn't die. Yeah. You wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, God was looking out for me. Describe the best moment that you've ever had taking pictures with respect to, respect to sports and just, I guess, kind of briefly discuss some of the best moments that you've ever witnessed as well as taking a picture. Sir. I think one of, the, one of my best shots, I got to show it to you one day. I have 16 by 20 of it. Richard Jefferson, when he played for the Nets, they were playing the Miami Heat in the first round. When he took, took it in, he took it to the Miami Heat to set a tone. And I got that shot out shooting on the low section. Because usually, during the regular season in the NBA, you'll get the four spots. But during playoffs, the, the whole national media comes in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's pecking orders again. So I moved up there, so I had to use a bigger lens. But I got that shot also with him getting the ball from Jason Kidd and him just taking it in and just dunking it over the Heats. You have any other special moments that you have, especially specifically in, in the uh, the high school circuit in the New York City area? Uh, covering when Ron McClario, now, now that he's like the winningest basketball coach in, 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 the, in New York State, I got a 600th game when he won a 600th game. Another one was, um, let, me, let me think, let me think. Covering Lance Stevenson all those years. Covering those great basketball, this is my opinion, but that, I'd say that was the end of the golden era after the 07 se season. That was the end of that, that era. Mm. all those great players from the Catholic and, and uh, the PSAL. I said Lance Stevenson, uh, a truck, truck Brian, um, Irv Walker, Ryan Pearson, Sylvan Landisberg, Blaze French, and so on and so forth. You know? What are your plans for this summer um, in terms of uh, taking pictures? Same thing. Street photography. Maybe get some video at West Third Street. Maybe, uh, you know, go to Brooklyn. Or just, just chill out of my house, mm. you know, because over the years you, you get tired, you know, you want to rest up. Right. You know? And uh, what's, what's your goals for, for next, the upcoming season? Just keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, but I want to add more video, you know, do highlight for, my, for the Instagram. You know, not just do old foes anymore. But as I said, this is just an introduction. Just do more video. Okay, cool. Um, this has been great. Um, I love photography personally. That's one of the foundations of Referee Rant. So it was a pleasure to speak to you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you take more pictures of uh, when I'm officiating and we'll, yeah. we'll discuss what we can collaborate with off air. Is there any final words you want to say before we part ways? As I said, with a question earlier about getting to where you want to be, it's just you got to put the work in. That's how you gain respect over time. Well, what is this? They're saying a rolling stone gets no moss. But if you stay there and you keep doing your thing, you'll gather all that moss and that knowledge. Mm. And just really quickly, finally, how can people find you on Instagram? Oh, it's uh, at NYC Sports Archives. Cool, man. And this has been great, man. I thank you for your time. Thank you. For Damien from NYC Sports Archive, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We're signing out. Peace.